You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is a different show. A show of sound. I'm smart, Mike. I'm smart, see? A show of sight. A show of mind. Time is a flat circle. You're moving into a show of both bad jokes and substance. Of previews and trivia. You've just crossed over into Blakey's Report with Drew and Ted. Drewster, how are you? Oh! <laughs> I am in the Twilight Zone for episode 36, Ted Glover. Yes, we are. And it's great intro. It's, what a great show. It's happy October. I mean, for a lot of people, uh, Halloween is the holiday they celebrate the most. So we're going to have kind of a Halloween themed October and we're kicking it off with the Twilight Zone. So, yeah, I hope, I hope you guys like it. And I don't care if you do or not because we're going <laughs> to keep doing it. <laughs> Tootsus, how are you? I'm doing good. I have a joke to start off October. Okay. Joketober, let's go. Joketober, here we go. What do the Minnesota Vikings and Billy Graham have in common? <laughs> what? Probably a lot. They can both make 70,000 people stand up and yell, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, what time is it, Drew? <laughs> it's time for I'm cooler than you are so why don't you fix your little problem and light this candle that's right light the candle he's right resume the countdown <laughs> yes. alright I'm cooler than you are why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle he's right let's light this candle he surely is light the candle yes resume the countdown we are off and running with episode 36. I want to throw a quick note out there before we start. Say thank you to Christopher Gates. That was a record-setting show last Sunday on our live show, Vikings Rewind, after the Cleveland Browns game. Ended up being our second most-watched episode since we've been on the air from January all the way until now. So take a bow. Awesome. You three did an awesome job, especially you, Ted. It's not easy hosting those live shows. You got the comments coming through. You got a host, you got to, you know, I, it's a tough thing to do, and I appreciate your effort, man. I just want to throw that out there to get going. Thanks. Uh, you guys make it easy. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I love doing the show. Love doing this show. Love everything about Vikings Report. Love the audience. Love the feedback. Love all the all the comments and everything else. So so, so thank you, thank you everybody so much. Uh, it's it's not it's nothing without you guys tuning in and watching and commenting and, and giving us feedback and sending us trivia questions. Yes, and all that good stuff. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into our live show and also our studio show. You know what our most viewed show is, Ted? I think it's still our first one, isn't it? No, it's the one that remember the cheerleader from the Vikings did the promo for us. Yeah, Jennifer, that's our most watched. <laughs> really. <laughs> Not surprising. Way to go. So we have an audience full of perverts is what you're telling me. I've seen it a few times. <laughs> Only a few. So we got a big show ahead of us. We've got Vikings news. We got uh, our Drew question of the week. We got our fantasy football segment and update Mama. between us and, and, and uh, the, the guys over at Vikings Uncensored. And, of course, our game preview and trivia coming up. We got Jumo. We got the purple Kool-Aid. But before we get going, what was your favorite Twilight Zone episode ever. It's a tie. It's a three-way tie. Of course, Anthony Fremont when he turns a guy into the jack-in-the-box. <laughs> oh, you're real good, Anthony. That's my favorite, along with uh, who can forget 20,000 20, what was it called? 20,000 feet in the air, the nightmare in the sky with William Shatner. William Shatner, yeah. When the door, when he lifted the window thing and the guy's face was there. Pretty frightening moment from my childhood. First off, Twilight Zone was one of my, besides Wild Wild West with Robert Conrad, Twilight Zone was my favorite show as a kid. So those two episodes, and it's got to be a, another tie between uh, the Eye of the Beholder with the really hot chick, but they think she's ugly. Needle, please. And they got, the, then they all have the messed up face. Yep. Right, and uh, Monsters on Maple Street. I love that one. Oh, where the whole town goes nuts and they start... Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes! Out there, walk right over us, would you? Well, some of us won't. 
that's like are, the, the blackout. They think it's aliens. Yeah. And they shoot the guy in the street, the farmer yep. Ned. Yep. What a, what a great idea for a show. It was. And they redid it, but they're terrible. Those new ones suck. Yeah. I'm just always going to be a fan of the old ones, but I'm a big fan of that show. A big, big fan. I would add two episodes. One, Burgess Meredith as the bookworm. Remember that nuclear war, and he's got the thick glasses, and he gets all his books set up, and then he breaks his glasses, and he can't read any of them. He's got nothing but time. That's not fair. Uh, and then to serve man. It's a cookbook! It's a cookbook! The rest of the book, to serve man, it's, it's a cookbook! <laughs> <laughs> I think that Great. was Lurch. That was Lurch from the Adams family who played that tall guy with the weird head. Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, those all those ones you mentioned. Uh, oh, and then the one, Telly Savalas, Kitty Carryall. I'm Kitty Carryall, and I don't <laughs> like you very much. My name is Talkie Tina, and I'm beginning to hate you. <laughs> that was creepy, man. That, that would creep me out. He put it in the trash can, and when he lifted the lid, it wasn't there anymore. I'm Kitty Carrier, and I'm going to kill you. What about the one when the people were in the barrel? In the whole episode, they're trying to get out of that barrel, and at the end, there were dolls in, like, the Salvation Army dolls inside the toy container. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The ballerina, was, ballerina, yep. and everything. But you didn't know during the show, you go, what the hell are these people doing? Or or the couple that had been, uh, they're, they're, like, in this town, but there's, like, nobody there. And yeah. everything is, like, it's like a prop, and it turns out they've been, they're in, they're in a, like, a big aquarium for an alien kid or something. Right, oh, that's right. Creepy. They, that's they creepy. Got that, they got on that train and kept going past yeah. the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. If there's a Twilight Zone marathon, I just hit record and watch them, and I, uh, it's a great show. All right. We're moving to Vikings news. We're putting the Cleveland Browns loss in the rearview mirror as best mm. we can. We're going to refer to it a couple times, but if you want to hear our immediate thoughts, check out our Vikings report rewind episode we had right after the game. Be kind. Rewind. It was the October 3rd episode with, with Drew, me, and our new Kaiser Sose, Christopher Gates, our usual gang of suspects. Anyway, so we're moving on from that. One of the things that's, that's, that's sort of come up, because the Vikings' offensive line was terrible again. It, they had looked pretty good for a couple weeks, and then, bam, they just were back to their old ways against the Browns. Everybody was terrible. Kirk was pressured more often than he wasn't pressured in that game. And the Vikings, we thought they had addressed that problem in the offseason. They drafted Christian Derrisson and then guard Wyatt Davis out of the Ohio State University, one of their three third-round picks. But Drew... They really haven't played a whole lot. Before before I get to my, my point here, let, let's just go over. We're going to talk about Christian Derrissaw, who was only active for the first time this past Sunday against Cleveland, and he saw the field on special teams, and he lit it up, let me tell you. He was just blocking. <laughs> Third-round pick, Kellen Mond, has been active for all four games. That's understandable as a rookie quarterback. That one really doesn't bother me a whole lot. Chaz Surratt has been inactive for one of four games, but has played very little. Wyatt Davis was inactive against the, the Browns this past weekend, was active the three previous games. Again, he hasn't played at all either. Patrick Jones has been active three of the four games, and the, the one game he was active, he didn't play. I've always been told that your first, second, and third round picks are guys that you can expect to start or significantly contribute within a fairly short period of time. That's not happening, especially guys, Davis and Derrissaw, who are guys that were desperately needed on the offensive line. What do you think's going on there? I have, I have no idea. I mean, is White Davis hurt? All credit to Ali Udo, he, the job he's done this year. But if he can't beat that guy up, then why do we draft you? I mean, no, you were supposed to come in and be the starter. I don't know what his deal is. Derrissaw, I hope Derrissaw isn't just a chronic injury staring us in the face. But none of the draft picks have contributed, Ted. And I'm... I'm kind of old school like you, thinking the first first three rounds are guys that you want to get in there and play. Well, and especially when you look at a guy like Chaz Surratt, linebacker. Great preseason. Great preseason he had. Great preseason. We kind of, we both, when we were doing our draft previews back in the offseason, if you go back and, and check those out, uh, we were both pretty high on, on both Chaz Surratt and Patrick Jones II. I think I even said Patrick Jones II was going to be starting at defensive end. And when when you look at the lack of scintillating play from both the linebackers overall. I mean, Nick Vigil 
started out strong, but he didn't play well against Cleveland. Neither did Eric Kendricks, for that matter. And you look at defensive end, other than Daniil Hunter, Stephen Weatherly hasn't been all that great. DJ Wanham hasn't been great. Everson Griffin played well in week three against Seattle. But you would think there would be opportunities there for those guys, and they still aren't seeing the field. And I, I go ahead. I don't know why. I don't know why either. There's a lot of things the Vikings do I don't have an explanation for, to be honest with you. And one of them is the, the draft class. I mean, out of those 11 guys, not, nobody's really even done anything. They got run over by Cleveland. They got people that say, well, Drew, they're certainly going to struggle against the teams that have the better defensive lines. Well, that's great. Let me look here on the schedule. Uh, they, they're good. They're good. They're good. Oh, wait, there's a bad defensive line. There's another. Okay, there's three on here. So we're going to win three freaking games. I don't understand that. They're going to struggle against good defensive lines. It shouldn't be. That shouldn't be the thought process. It should be we can we can game it up with any defensive line. That should be your outlook. Not you're going to struggle against the good ones. Why do we have to struggle against the good ones? You know, that's a good question. And and Derisaw is now healthy, and I, I get they got to let him sit a week or two, and, and a lot of people are speculating, well, they'll they'll start him after the bye week, which they have in, in three weeks. They've got Detroit this week. The game will preview here in a little bit. Then they go to Carolina, and then they got their bye. And after the way Rashad Hill played, I would argue Detroit, you know, they've got some injured guys on, on their defensive line, which we'll get to. I, I would think Christian Derrissaw, maybe not start, but at least get some action and, and get some game time in just to see if he can knock the rust off and if he looks like he's getting ready to play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Kind of start him with maybe 15, 20 snaps or whatever and prime him up and get him conditioned to take on the starting role. Rashad Hill is a lifetime backup offensive lineman. And you he can is. send me comments and say, Drew, you're an idiot or whatever. That's He's a backup. Hang on. I'm going to get ready to text you and tell you that you're an idiot because you, you just said I could. What are you? An idiot sandwich. An idiot sandwich, what? An idiot sandwich, Go for it. Okay, you are I'll add an you idiot. to the list of hundreds. <laughs> but when it comes to picking those fantasy football players, I'm not an idiot, am I? Don't spoil the surprise. We'll find out. You, you said something just a little bit ago that, that we have touched on before. And we, we are having a hard time making heads or tails of a lot of the personnel decisions the Vikings have made over the last couple of years. And once again, it feels like that's coming home to roost again with these early draft picks. Now take, take Kellen Mond out. He's a third round pick quarterback, not supposed to play, not even active. I, again, I don't have a problem with that at all. I, but, but these other guys, you know, especially when you look at the positions they play, if you're not going to play them at positions, you know, Anthony Barr, Mike Zimmer has said he might play this week against Detroit. He might not. I'm, I, I still maintain, Anthony Barr's dead, and it's a body double walking around Egan. <laughs> Nick Vigil is is kind of starting to come back to earth a little bit after a couple really solid games. We talked about the defensive end. It just seems like you would want to know if these guys can can play. This isn't, you know, the COVID year from last year where you didn't have any OTAs, you didn't have any mini camps. You, you didn't have a truncated training camp or preseason. You got a full offseason evaluation of these guys. And it, it kind of bothers me that the Vikings aren't at least getting them in the rotation. I'm not saying they need to start right now, maybe down the road. But I think when you're one and three, man, you got to see who can play and who can't play. It, it's almost it's almost like if you're three and one, you understand why they're sitting. Don't mess with it. But exactly. You're one and three, man. Get them out there. And see what they got. You got. What do you got to lose except a game to Detroit? Where <laughs> do we go? Where do we go? <laughs> exactly. Where do we go? So it tells me that that Zimmer is just not playing them because they're not one of his guys yet, or they're not good enough to play. And now that just gets into another whole. Well, how's the evaluation process and how's the developmental process of these players you pick? Because these guys were good players in college. Wang Chung hasn't played yet. I mean, you can't tell me if Dalvin Cook's hurt and Alexander Madison is is who he is. He's just kind of a between the tackles guy. He's good, but you can't tell me with Kane Wang Lu's speed, he couldn't potentially be a difference maker if you can scheme a way to get the ball into his hand. The Vikings needed a spark on Sunday, and they never got it. And I, I was kind of expecting to see him come out 
and maybe get the ball in the flat and and do something. But they didn't play him either. I mean, throw him into the mix too. Part, part of the problem with the Vikings is they continue during games pounding their head into the cement wall. I mean, why not change something around? They scored on the first drive. They didn't score in the next 11. 11 yeah. drives in a row, Ted. 11 in a row. Ah, yeah. 11. The number of the day is 11. Wonderful. <laughs> I love it. I don't know what it is. I, I feel like the monster standing on the wing in that rainstorm looking at Shatner through the window. <laughs> what? what are we doing? I don't know. I don't know. But I got, it leads to the, you know, there's some questions about the defense too, which I don't want to get on too bad because no. holding a team to 14 is pretty good. But, I don't know about the draft picks. Maybe they're going to start easing them in and get them in there in a few weeks. Maybe a few of them will be playing. I don't know. This is one thing we touched on. Mike Zimmer mentioned it in his post-game press conference. And Mike Zimmer said this. You know, the, the Browns, how many yards did the Browns rush for? 184, Ted. 184. They averaged 4.8 yards per carry. And the Browns ran 78 offensive plays. Mm. Now, they only scored 14 points. But a cynic... <laughs> might argue that if Baker Mayfield hits like three passes, this score is like 35 to seven. Not He's, he's the seven. reason it wasn't. Yeah. He made a lot of mistakes out there. So in his post-game press conference, he was asked about giving up 185 yards against the Browns. He says, I'm not discouraged one bit about the lack of stopping the run. At the end of the day, they scored one touchdown against us. And then there was a follow-up question. Are you serious? You're really not worried about the run? I can't remember how the, the question was phrased. But he said, my experience, I feel fine about it. I feel fine. You guys worry so much about stats and not about how things look and how things are. Now, we gave up a 30-yard run on third and 20. That looked pretty friggin' ugly. That's just my, that's just my amateur observation. In the two-minute drill, I'm disgusted about that. Yeah, but for the most part, there were a lot of good things that were happening today. What, are you kidding me? You're kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? That's the problem with that guy, Ted. Okay, take the stats out of it. What was good about what I saw? What is, explain to me what that what he means by that. I, I, I can't because here's my thing. In the offseason, Mike Zimmer went and got Michael Pierce and Dalvin Tomlinson and brought Everson Griffin back, and then they redid the Neil Hunter's contract. They redid the whole defensive line. Exactly. And and all those guys, especially Tomlinson and Pierce and, and Sheldon Richardson, who they brought in a little bit later, are guys they brought in to do what, Drew? Stop the run. Stop the run. Now, let's see how they've done through four games. Can, okay. can I run down the list, if, if you don't mind? Yeah, and then I want to segue that into my tasty, 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 tasty. I just can't wait to get So here we go. Against Cincinnati, they gave up 149 yards. Cincinnati averaged 4.1 yards a carry. Arizona, 103 yards, 4.9 yards a carry. 106 yards against Seattle, 5.9 yards a carry. And then 184 and 4.8 against Cleveland. That, if you add all that up, that's 1, 2, 3, 4... Six billion? That's a lot of yards given up, and it's close to last in the NFL. 542 yards allowed in four games. That's you ready? ridiculous. Yeah. You ready? No. To, you ready? To, now I want you. This is your Ted question of the day. 542 yards allowed. They're one in three. 542 allowed on the ground, and they revamped the entire defensive line. Ted, not one guy. Oliver New. I don't know who played there last year. Adenabo, Mataafa, GMAC 72 might have been in there. That tall guy to serve man, he might have been playing a few. Dr. Proto, I saw him in there for a couple games. But 542 yards allowed this year in four games. Last year, 220 with the guys I just mentioned. 2020, rushing yards allowed after four games. We were one and three, same uh -huh. record. Remember yep. we had that big win versus Houston? <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're on our oh. way now. We beat the Texans. The old defensive line gave up 539. Three less yards. Are you kidding me? That was my tasty tidbit for the day. 542 this year. At this time last year, we had 539 allowed. That's only a three-yard difference with all new players. Now, my Ted question is, why?
that is absolutely baffling to me because the Vikings spent what fifty million bucks or however much it was when you add in the Hunter contract, the Pierce, the Tomlinson, and Richardson deals, and on bringing these guys in for the sole specific purpose to make the Vikings run defense better, and it's actually worse. And it's actually three yards worse. Maybe somebody can put in the comments below what the reason is, because I don't know what that is. When you got Hunter, Pierce, Dal Tomlinson, and thank God Griffin's here, because he's pretty much saved the right defensive end spot. Regardless, look at the guys this year, look at last year, and tell me how they've given up more this year. I I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure we've got a Zimmer acolyte from the Church of Zimmertology over there that's going to rush to his defense and say, well, they're new guys and they're trying to get used to playing each other. Come on. They better teams than they played last year. Shut up. Don't comment. They have increased their pass rush ability. The pass rush is a lot better than it was last year. But you got to increase your, your run stopping. During the running plays the other teams have, the Vikings have missed 30 tackles this year. It's almost dead last in the NFL. God. You didn't happen to do a comparison how much they missed this time last year, did you? No, I did not. I did okay. not go that in depth because my paycheck won't allow it. Um, <laughs> but but my point is, you can get there. <laughs> you can get there all you want. But if you don't tackle, it's not worth getting there. So some a lot of these plays, they might be in position to make the tackle, Ted, but they've missed 30. They've missed 30 on the run plays. If you add the passing secondary, how many tackles the secondary's missed? It's yeah. probably damn near 70 total. On running plays, they've missed 30 tackles, which means on a lot of them, they've been in position to make the tackle. They'd have been in position to hold the guy to a lesser gain than he got, and they can't get the tackling done. Maybe it's the tackling. That's unbelievable. That is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, when you look at the stats, it's it's believable. But when you look at the personnel, even, even down in the depth, we thought that the defensive line was going to be one of the strengths of this team coming into 2021. And it is absolutely one of the the biggest weaknesses so far through four games. I mean, there's right. just no way, no other way around it. You know, Mike Zimmer in, in his, I think it was his, his Monday press conference, they followed up again and said, look, no, really, you, you don't you don't care about being so terrible against the run was basically the question. And he said against Cleveland, no, they're a good running football team, and they ran 78 offensive plays. Oh, you guys are all stat guys, but when you, when you look at it, um, would they have 78 plays yesterday? You know, you're going to have some, you're going to have some of those where you're going to get some yards, and that team is a is probably as good a running team as there is in the league. Okay, that's fair, but but I would argue if you're not giving up five, six, or seven yards on first down, and the Browns are driving the field, and then Baker Mayfield poops his pants and makes a bad throw. can't score any points and they had a 35 like their their time of possession was like 34 35 minutes in the game yeah Th- that's the reason they ran 78 plays because you couldn't get them off the field because your run defense sucks <laughs> because because what you just told me was he said well we knew they were a good running team well my game plan for it <laughs> come on how many times were the vikings stacking the box saying we're going to put 10 guys up here. You're not going to beat us. with. We're going to force you to pass. They weren't even doing that. No. Look at If they stopped the run, Mayfield made a ton of mistakes that game. If he you stop the run, you're probably winning that game because he didn't have a good game. He, he didn't. He made consistently bad throws all day long. I would argue Baker Mayfield was the best defensive player for the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. He made so many bad plays. He was keeping the Vikings in the game. So you've got this this terrible run defense which is close to last in the nfl you've got a one and three start you got kirk cousins coming back down to earth you got mike zimmer just kind of saying weird stuff like this where when he got hired he said you know we're gonna run the ball and we're not gonna let people run against us and now he doesn't he's good about he's good about being terrible against the run this leads to my Drew Bunting question of the week. You called it Kitty Carryall, the Twilight Zone? Yeah. Kitty Carryall was Cindy Brady's doll, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it matters at this juncture of the show. Oh, my God, it was. What's the right. Drew question of the day? Hit me. Shoot. Shoot the true Drew question of the day. With, with all that backdrop, do you think the wheels are coming off for the Minnesota Vikings or not? No, they're going to, as you'll see in my preview, I'll just give it away right now. The Vikings are going to win this week, and 
everybody can hoist Zimmer up on their shoulders. We're back. We're going to, you know, same old. This is a Zimmer win. If okay. they lose to the Lions, the wheels are off, dude, and, like, the cars get tumbling down the cliff in the movie, you know? <laughs> Oh, that's way worse than last year. <laughs> no survivors. I'm going to say no still. I'm going to say no and hold belief in my team, which is probably dumb on my part, pretty naive on my part. Um, what do you think? Do you think the wheels are off? Does it feel like it to you? It does to me, yeah. I didn't expect 4-0 out of the gate. I mean, they had two tough road games. I thought they would split those, and I, I thought they would at least hold hold service or, or, or go 500 at home. So I expected at least 2-2 two and two, and then hopefully get to maybe at least be 3-3 three and three if or maybe catch a lucky break with, like, the Seattle one they had and go 4-2 go and two into the break and then come out of the bye with kind of the wind at their sails with all their divisional games still left and a and a real fighting chance. Four and two obviously is not going to happen now. The best they can do is is three and three. Feels like it's going south, you know. Yeah. Anthony Barr is still isn't playing. Dalvin Cook's dinged up already. Kirk had three great games, and now he's kind of fallen back to earth. And Ted, doesn't it seem like you know that laminated thing that the coaches hold, that laminated thing with the plays on it or whatever yeah. on there? Yeah. Doesn't it seem like when the Vikings right when the the important part of the fourth quarter is coming. Doesn't it seem like our laminated piece of paper, they're looking for something to, what can I do to mess this up? <laughs> where, where, what can I do to make a critical error to mess this up? Doesn't it seem like they have <laughs> game plan for that one big stupid thing? There's like the pre-bad play and then the post-bad play. Always! Game plan. And then, oh, okay, so we've had our setback. Okay, now let's pull out the, the, the sheet that tells us how to just... <laughs> Go in the tank from here. All right, let's run Cook up the middle twice, lose two yards. Kirk will throw six yards short of the Farker, and then we'll punt. And then we'll give up a five-play, 95-yard drive, and game over. Break on three. One, two, three, break. Hey, things are looking good right now. Give me that laminated sheet of mistakes. Give me the laminated sheet of mistakes. The laminated sheet of mistakes, because you can't just – can't just have good things happen. Something bad has to happen all the time. Stop. Stop. Yeah. Um, I saw a stat where, where Mike Zimmer against teams that finished the season at 500 or above is 17 and 41 win-loss record since he became coach. That is. <sighs> I mean, what more do you need to know about Mike Zimmer? If that's what you get, is that what you want to keep running? I don't see the point anymore, to be quite honest, but that's just me. You know what to me the mark of a good team is? A, a team that has a bad day and still finds a way to win, especially on the road. And the Cleveland Browns did that. And the mark of a bad team is catching a good team on a bad day at home and still not figuring out a way to win. That, to me, is the difference between the Minnesota Vikings and the good teams in the NFL. Right? That's smart thinking, Smitty. So that is our Vikings wrap-up for the week. It is time to move on to our fantasy football segment. Uh, going into this week, we got two little segments. We got a season-long thing going against our buddies over at Vikings Uncensored, the rhinoceros, uh, and the Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> the last Bruno. Uh, they got the better of us this week, I think, Ted. Ryan Johnson and Lance Bruns, yeah. So there's one reason why we lost. Because last week I talked a little bit of smack. And I said we were going to hit a 17-game winning streak or whatever it was, and we got thumped pretty good. Between so, that and you playing Derek Carr, you did us in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I did. I don't know. We were one good quarterback from away from being 3-1. <laughs> <three> and <one. laughs> They haven't given us too much crap in the last 24 hours, but they thumped us pretty good. 175 to 144. So they got a 30-point win on us this week. Well, we're 2-2. Two and two. All right. And so that leads into our fantasy football segment. As, as you know, if you've been following the show, Drew, Tunces, and myself have a season-long fantasy football competition going on. So what we do is we pick one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, and one tight end every week. We can only pick those players one time throughout the year. So if we pick them and they end up as a late scratch, we can't do a late substitution. We get zero points for that week. Uh, the individual that had, has the most points for that week wins, and whoever has the most at the end of the season wins the fantasy football competition. But this is where you come in. Every week in the comments below uh, here on our YouTube page, not on Facebook, not on not on Twitter, not anywhere else, but on our comments section below, you look at our teams and you think who who's going to win. And then you put Team Toonsis, Team Ted, or, or Team Drew. And if you pick the most winners, you win a prize from the Vikings Report with Drew and Ted 
prize vault, and this prize is going to be a uh, set of football cards framed up. Looks really, really nice. Vikings all-time greats. Who's on that plaque, Drew? Chuck Foreman, Fred Tuckerton, Carl Eller, Chris Carter, Robert Smith, Alan Page, Ahmad Rashad, Adrian Peterson, and Bashad Breeland. You're not getting Waspless or Wonga. No, you're not getting Chris Kulinski. <laughs> not, not on there. They are not on there. Dave Huffman isn't on there either. Or the great Buster Rhymes. He's not on there. Another Buster Rhymes now. Rhymes, yeah. The great or Jarvis Redwine. Oh, the great Jarvis. <laughs> Nebraska. Jarvis yeah. Redwine. He's going to break the all-time record. Two years later, he's working at Michelin Tires. <laughs> Last week's fantasy football winner. Last two weeks. Last two weeks. Last two weeks. Yeah, two in a row. Yeah. Come on. Don't cut me no shyness, brother. Let's get it right. The last two weeks, I've had the lesser amount of votes the last two weeks, and I've won both weeks. Two (laughs) weeks ago, I had three people vote for me. Who won? Me. Last week, we had 20 people play the contest. 20 people. 19 of them either picked you or Tootses. One person picked my team, and who won? Me. And I came through with 83.25. Nick Howard got a standalone victory. He gets a point in the standings. Nobody else gets anything because why? (laughs) You know, one thing I love about doing this show with you, you are so humble and gracious in victory. I am, I am, huh? (laughs) It's just, it's just, man, it's just inspiring. It's flat out inspiring. I never try to gloat or take advantage of my prowess for picking. I won't rub it in. I'm not the type of guy who rubs (laughs) it in, Ted. That's what she said. (laughs) Well, since you're a champion rubber there, Urban Meyer, why don't you tell us who your team is first? One thing before we go, we just agreed amongst ourselves not to pick anybody from the Thursday night game because if somebody were to go off of the Thursday night game, it could just skew that week. So we we are abstaining from the Thursday night game. This week, it is the Los Angeles Rams at the Seattle Seahawks. So there's some good players that we weren't eligible to pick if we if we hadn't picked them already so i'll go first my quarterback and believe me i'm, I'm on a two-game win streak i'm pulling out some big guns so i can make it three all right Herb. again humble keep rubbing herb i'm gonna grind it out like urban meyer my quarterback is kirk cousin my running back is derrick henry one of my wide receivers is adam Thielen. my other wide receiver is jamar chase from the bengals and my tight end is dawson knox from the Bills. Wow. Okay. That is my starting five. That is my three-game winning streak, and that is my team. Tootsies, who do you got? All right. Kirk Cousins, Derrick Henry, wide receiver one, Stephon Diggs, wide receiver two, DJ Moore, and tight end Mark Andrews. None of the players that you guys have picked so far are on my team for this week. Good. I like it mixed up. Toots is copied two of mine, so there's nothing I can do about that. By the way, if you're just joining us, still join and enter the contest because – there is no runaway winner after four games. No, there is not. Two wins. That's what the yeah. leaders have. Two. But this week, my quarterback is Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Running back, Saquon Barkley of the Giants. My wide receivers are A.J. Brown from Tennessee and Calvin Ridley from Atlanta. And my tight end, T.J. Hawkinson of the Detroit Lions. Ted Glover, we got three really good lines. It's going to be hard to choose this week. Yeah, I, I, I think we got some good lineups. Preview time. Wide open is Diggs. He leaps for it in the end zone. Touchdown, Vikings. Rodgers is upset, and Wilson keeps moving in the third quarter. Wade Wilson from the shotgun. To his burner, number 81, Anthony Carter. And he is long gone for a touchdown. Right in place of Carl Sweetan. This pass intended for Kramer. But it's intercepted by Dale Hackbart. This coming Sunday, at home at U.S. Bank Stadium, the Minnesota Vikings take on the winless 0-4 Detroit Lions. (laughs) What else? Am I going to be promoted for Pete's sake? <laughs> yeah, so speaking of intangibles, we are going to do our uh, NFL Today tribute preview. Ruby's putting the graphics up on the board, and you can see all the categories we have. And down here at the very bottom, we have 
Intangibles, which I love. That was like the greatest. That was the greatest category ever. The first category is quarterback. It is Jared Goff versus Kirk Cousins. Oh, before we get into it, we've got a real quick injury update. My bad. Michael Pierce is having an MRI on his elbow. If you remember, he missed a good chunk of the Browns game. Dalvin Cook aggravated that ankle in the Browns game. Mike Zimmer said on Monday he looked good. We'll see how the injury report plays out, but but keep an eye on, on Dalvin Cook's ankle and whether or not he plays, what, what his status is going to be. We've mentioned Anthony Barr. Mike Zimmer has said in his Monday press conference, it looks like Anthony Barr, after 11 years, nine months, and 207 <laughs> days, is going to play a game of football for the Minnesota Vikings. That's good to see. Welcome back, Tony. Double five, double nickel. <laughs> And Cameron Dantzler, who finally got enough snaps to be graded by PFF, and he ranked out as the sixth best cornerback in the NFL, promptly came down with COVID and will probably miss Sunday's game. So we are going to run it back with Bashad, third-degree burn, Breland. Let's go. <laughs> Bashad, face melt, Breland. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, that confuses me. Another confused moment where I feel like Ronnie Millsap in a corn maze. I am confused <laughs> about that this- I am confused about the whole Breland thing. Don't ask me any questions about it. That leads to our preview with the Lions. Drewster, why don't you kick us off with quarterback? Got to go Kirk Cousins here, Ted Glover, right out the the gate. Two big things going for Cousins this week, I think, Ted. Coming off that horrible game against Cleveland where he looked skittish and he didn't look comfortable in the pocket. He had a lot of pressure, but I think he had some throws he could have made even under the pressure, but wasn't a good game for him. And he has killed the Lions since he's been a Viking. Since Kirk Cousins came to Minnesota, he's never lost to the Lions, and here are his stats. 128 for 174 for 73% completion, 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns, and only one interception in six games. And he's 6-0. Kirk Cousins gets the check mark here, Ted. Totally agree. I will say, if you statistically look at Jared Goff versus Kirk Cousins, very similar numbers so far this year. Very similar numbers. But at home, Kirk has just eaten the Lions alive. Yeah, I, I give it to Kirk. Uh, the run game. You know, we mentioned Dalvin Cook. That's something to monitor. So if, if Cook can't go or is limited, once again, we'll look. We'll see Alexander Madison. We will also see <sighs> Amir Abdullah. And uh, we probably won't see Kane Wang Chung Wang Wu because he might be good and we don't want anything good <laughs> getting out on the field at the most opportune times. So whatever. <laughs> We'll activate him. He'll look good sitting on the bench. Lord knows we don't want to do that, Ted. But that said, DeAndre Swift, uh, a guy who a lot of people thought was going to be the workhorse back for the Lions, uh, hurt his groin. So that's going to be something to watch as well. Even if you, even if the, the Swift and, and Cook injuries negate each other out, I still like the Vikings running game here. The Lions seem to be doing the uh, committee thing this year with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Uh-huh. Williams has 42 carries and Swift has 41. That's almost identical. Both teams rush are rushing for a little over 100 yards, so they're probably not where either team wants to be rushing the football. I know certainly the Vikings want to have more yards on the ground. But uh, Swift seems to be the uh, guy, the go-to guy for the receiving end, and Williams seems to be doing a majority of his damage on rushing. Very slight edge mark to the Vikings here because the home run ball. I talk about it every week, and I'm big on it. Well, you got a guy who can score when he touches it, that's more often than not going to get you the check mark. And Cook, if he plays, Cook has that home run ability and the big chunk yardage ability. I give a slight edge, give my check mark to the Vikings. Receiving game. After two kind of meh games by Justin Jefferson, he is tearing the league a bunger. He is ripping it up, Ted. The last two games, 15 catches, 202 yards, and two touchdowns. He's been targeted 18 times in the last two weeks. 18! So Cousins is feeling pretty greedy. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you about Detroit. I don't know any of their wide receivers. Maybe you could clue me in. I'm pretty sure if Ron Jesse's not there or Herman Moore or your buddy Brian Stabline, who used to party with in Ohio State. <laughs> you and Stabline, Brian Stabline. I do not think he's there anymore. I give the check here to the Vikings. The only advantage, I think, in this, in this receiving game I, I, I see for Detroit would be TJ Hawkinson. In the wide receiver room, Calvin Johnson ain't walking through that door. Herman Moore ain't walking through that door. Wayne Fonts might come in to say hi, but he ain't probably walking through that door either. Kenny Galladay's gone. Marvin Jones is gone. Yeah. Definite advantage, Minnesota Vikings. All right, offensive line. This is a battle of of nitwits, man. This is like, (laughs) it really is. 
Um, <laughs> it's the movable object versus the resistible force. The Lions, like one of the strengths the Lions were supposed to have this this year on this on this team was their offensive line. Frank, Frank Ragnow got hurt last week. Not sure what his status is for this weekend. We, we've talked and talked and talked about the Vikings offensive line. I still think when you when you put like Brian O'Neill compared to whoever else anybody Detroit has, I, I think Ole Udo is playing pretty good for the most part. I'm going to give the check barely to the Vikings here. I am in agreement with you, Ted. I think fully healthy. You got to give the Lions the check mark going from left to right with Sewell and Taylor and Decker and your buddy Jonah Jackson from Ohio State. He's yeah. in there. Yeah. I think uh, I think healthy. I'd probably give the check mark to the Lions, but they're totally beat up. They are. Their offensive line is totally beat up, and I see the Vikings are really going to be able to exploit that offensive line with the injuries they have up front. The Vikings' offensive line is coming off a terrible game. When you're coming off a terrible game, you have you have a lot more oomph. You're going to give it a shot. So I'll give the I'm giving the check mark to the Vikings' offensive line with the poor performance last week. I see they're going to bounce back. Drew, hit us up on the defensive line. Hunter, Tomlinson, Griffin, and Pierce combined. For 10 sacks. Guess how many the Lions defensive line has, Ted? Five. One and a half. Okay. One and a half. But I know they run the 3-4. 10 sacks to one and a half. They're really beat up on both sides of it. So the defensive line goes to the checkmark to the Vikings. Same here. I mean, we we talked about how bad the Vikings run defense is. There's a saving grace is is that they have a a lot more sacks than they did this time last year. The thing is, these are good football players. They're just not playing good football. And, And at some point, I would hope, you know, when a slump buster like Detroit comes to town, you can get healthy, and and maybe maybe this will be the game to do it. So I, yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, with the Vikings defense. Uh, linebackers, boy, you know we talk about injuries, and, and the Lions are hurt bad there. Trey Flowers got hurt. Romeo Cora, their main pass rushing linebacker on the outside, ruptured his Achilles. He is out for the year. That's another unit that is is really devastated with injury. With Barr allegedly coming back, I'll believe it when I see it. And and Kendricks. And Vigil, I, I just, I, I got to give it to the Vikings here. I, too, am giving the check mark to the Vikings because the Lions are not only beat up. Also, Trey Flowers, I don't know if he's playing either. So they they have a lot of injuries. I mean, you should beat this team straight up. But with all the injuries in the Lions, it seems like the Vikings should be able to roll. Linebackers, they get my check. The Vikings, they did not have, as you mentioned earlier in the show, they did not have a good game against the Browns. But like the O-line didn't have a good game or the Dia, nobody had a good game. So that, that gives them an extra up to come kick some ass this week. So my check mark for linebackers goes to the Vikings. All right, what are your thoughts on the secondary? I'm all for their execution, Ted. <laughs> okay, both Brian se- Kelly. <laughs> both secondaries allow right around 250 yards through the air. I don't know what's going on. What a bust with Akuda, right? Is yeah, really I would, I would think so. They do have Warrior to go. He's really good corner. He's probably their best corner. He'll probably be drawing Justin Jefferson, so we'll have to see how that battle kind of uh, mans out. Bobby Price is your other corner. Detroit has very, very young safeties with Walker and Will Harris. I think they're going to be exploited by the route running of Thielen and Jefferson. They're going to have a tough time back there. I think there's going to be a lot of open targets for Kirk Cousins. The Vikings safeties played really well. I'm going to give them. I'm going to give the Vikings a slight check mark on the secondary, Ted. I'm going to give it to Detroit because the Vikings secondary sucks. They just flat out suck. I, I don't care. I don't care who Detroit has. You went over their guys, and I think they have some, like you said, I think they have some challenges ahead of them on Sunday covering Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, and, and who thought K.J. Osborne was going to be the breakout player this year after four games for the Vikings. Cam Dantzler just started playing well, and now he's out with COVID, so you got to run it back with Bashad Breeland, who is literally the worst cornerback in football. You got Patrick Peterson. It just was just average at best. He's not uh, Harrison good, Smith, dude. I don't, you know, everybody was really happy when Harrison Smith signed his uh, his extension. He has not impressed me so far this year. Xavier Woods has played good at times, but he hasn't looked great either. In good conscience, I just can't give this check to the Vikings right now. They they are not a good unit right now. They have got to get better. Hopefully we'll see some, some improvement against Detroit, but for now, I'm going to give the check mark to the Lions. All right, red zone, fairly close to statistically. The one thing that sticks out for me, that's what she said. I'm sorry. That's terrible. <laughs> I'm perpetually 12. I'm sorry. The Lions defense has given up 10 touchdowns in 12 trips to the red zone. That's just flat Dude. out bad. That's not good. Offensively, the Lions and the Vikings are, are, are pretty close in converting 
when they get in the red zone. The, the Vikings defense isn't much better. They've got about seven touchdowns and, and ten trips. But I'm going to give the red zone advantage here to the Vikings. Ted, I'm going to make this very easy for you. The Lions are like dead last in the NFL in red zone defense. You mm-hmm. know what? If you listed the 129 college football teams in red zone defense, they'd be about 102 on that list. <laughs> they are not good in the red zone. The Vikings are going to exploit it. Cooker's going to have a couple touchdowns, and the Vikings are going to put up some points. It's simply, I'm more intrigued with the sound of Cousins to Thielen than Goth to Orifice or Von Cephas or <laughs> Ra Ra Brown. I mean, Baron Von Raschke. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? That's more intriguing. The Viking names down in there. You got to give the Vikings yeah. a red zone check here. Yep. All right. Special teams. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, go ahead. <laughs> so professional, bro. Vikings are playing much better on teams this year. Yeah. Uh, not near as many bonehead plays or problems that they had last year, at least in my eyes. It doesn't seem like every week I'm saying, what is wrong with the special teams? Barry is a solid-ass punter. They're on their second kicker. I don't know what's going on with their kicker. They had a new guy in there, uh, Santoso, which is... I thought that was the brother on The Godfather, James Conn's guy. Was it Santucci? <laughs> Santucci or something? They have a new kicker. Vikings get my special teams checkmark, which isn't going to happen a lot this year. Yeah, I do too. Vikings coverage is better. Their punters, Barry, is really good. I still don't think Greg Joseph, even though he missed that that easy kick in Arizona, I think he's a better kicker here. I, I give the check to, to the Vikings as well. All right, coaching. Yeah, there's not a lot of times I'm going to give Mike Zimmer a check over the, <laughs> the opponent head coach. Dan Campbell, 0-4. The dude is a quote machine. I, I will give him the fact he is an absolute quote machine, and he reminds me a lot of Mike Tyson his first year. I love Mike Tyson. I, I thought Mike Tyson got a raw deal when he was here. He never got uh, the budget to get a full-up assistant coaching staff put together. He got better every year, but, man, he struggled for, for in 2002. The Vikings were just not good a good football team in 2002. He, he had to learn a lot on the job. Uh, Dan Campbell, I think, has at least been a coordinator before. Mike Tice had not even been that. I'm going to give the advantage right now to to, to Mike Zimmer, which I, di- I didn't want to do. I wanted to give Dan Campbell the check just because he's a quote machine. When we get up, we're going to bite your kneecap off. Dude, say stuff like that more often. <laughs> just say stuff like that every week. Great saying. And I'll be a fan. Mike Zimmer gets my check mark today. These are the games Zimmer wins. He's going to yeah. win this game. Everything's fine. Ah, rah, rah, here we go. This is the type of game he wins, especially coming off that horrible loss. Dan Campbell's still trying to figure it out. Zimmer gets my check mark, but he's not going to get a lot of check marks from me this year, probably. But he gets this one today. All right. And then now, my favorite subject, Drew. Give us your intangibles. No, 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 you got to say it. Hey. Intangibles. There we go. I only got two this week, Ted. Detroit injuries, I think, are going to play a big part into this game. They are really a beat-up at the key spots on defense and two guys on the O-line. They're beat up there. They're, they got a lot of injuries. I think that the Vikings will be able to exploit those certain matchups with those injuries. Also, one thing I want to mention you want to look at this game, keep an eye on the Detroit running backs for catching the football. They got 36 catches between them. DeAndre Swift has 23 catches already. So they use that as a big part of their offense, just like Cleveland did with Hunt, third and 12. I'm looking at the TV. Watch the screen. Watch the screen. Watch the screen. Hunt catches it. Gets 13 yards. (laughs) So Zimmer, watch the screen with Swift. He catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. Those are my intangibles. I give give a check mark to the Vikings, though. We got two intangibles. One is the Lions injuries. They are just a beat-up football team, and and it's it's not going to get any better anytime soon. They're 0-4, and they've lost a game in just just a couple brutal ways. But I will say they played four fairly competitive games, at least three and a half fairly competitive games. They got kind of blown out against the second half against the Packers. They're 0-4, but they're a tough out. But with the Vikings at home and with all the, the, the injuries Detroit has and, and Dan Campbell still kind of learning how to be an NFL coach, learning on the job, I, I give the intangibles to the Vikings here. These are two teams that make a lot of mistakes. Who is going to make more crucial plays? We talk about it, four or five plays every game. Swings every game. the game. Yep. Who is going to get the four or five better plays? All right, so that's our previous show. I assume you're giving the, the game to the Vikings? Checkmark. I gave every checkmark to the Vikings. I didn't give the Lions one. And now it's time for Jumo, just one old man's opinion. Started out 0-1 with that Bengals, Jumo, and I called that one wrong. But since that Bengals game, I've called every game correctly. Jumo is on fire. The Lions give up 30 points a game, Ted. 250 yards allowed in the air, 132 on the ground. 
They give up a lot of yards. And I don't see the high-powered Viking offense getting shut down two weeks in a row. I don't. I like the Vikings like a two-touchdown. I like 35-21 to 21 area. What's kind of surprising is the Lions' third-down defense percentage, they're, they only allow 27% conversion rate on third down, which is really strange for a team that's 0-4, which means yeah. they give up a lot. That, that translates into a lot of big plays. The Vikings can make the big play either by Cook Justin Jefferson expects some really big plays out of the Vikings this week. I expect him to win by 14, between 10 and 14. This is a game Zimmer wins, 34, 20, somewhere around there. I got the Vikings. All right, so this is my purple Kool-Aid segment, but you know what? I'm not pulling out any Kool-Aid this week. I'm not pulling out any tepid water. You walk into this room at your own risk because it leads to the future. Not a future that will be, but one that might be. I'm flat out pissed off at the Minnesota Vikings for being one and three. If a guy needs to drink purple Kool-Aid to think they can beat the Detroit Lions, <laughs> then just burn everything to the ground and start over. Just burn everything to the ground and start over. You got a guy that eats kneecaps as your opposing head coach. I don't need any purple Kool-Aid to think the Vikings are going to get over the hump. If I do, I should not be a Minnesota Vikings fan any longer because this is a terrible, terrible football team that they are playing against a not very good football team right now in the Minnesota Vikings. I, I will say this. Drew, you think it's going to be a pretty comfortable win. Yeah, I do. I think the Vikings are going to win, but I think it's going to be one of those – and how many times have we said it before that the Vikings play down to the level of their competition? You look at this game on paper and you think this is a game the Vikings should win 31-14, 31-17. Mike Zimmer, this is what's going to happen. Mike Zimmer is going to get a 10 nothing lead, maybe a 17-3 lead, something like that. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to go more conservative – than Jerry Falwell in a room full of nuns. That's what Mike Zimmer's going to do. And he's going to run the ball, and he's going to run the ball, and he's going to throw short of sticks on third down and seven. He's going to get six yards, and they're going to punt, and they're going to play field position. Three and, and out, you know three, and happen? three and out, three and out, yeah. three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And then, and then what's going to happen? Jared Goff is going to be falling backwards, about sacked. He's going to throw up a Hail Mary, and somebody is going to be left all alone. Cyclops St. Ignatius, whatever the hell that dude's name is. And he's going to be uncovered by like 50 yards, and he's going to score a touchdown. And the next thing you know, with four minutes to go, it's going to be 17-14, to 14, and we are biting our fingernails wondering, can the Minnesota Vikings beat the Detroit friggin' Lions? And they're going to pull it out at the very end of the game, and everybody's going to go, whoa, Mike Zimmer's back, baby, <laughs> two and three. We're going to L.A. I'm going to be just pissed off. I'm going to be pissed off the whole the whole week. That's how this game's going to go down. Vikings win barely. Purple Kool-Aid will be back next week, maybe, but not this week. Anyway, so that's that's our preview. We are going to take a commercial break, and we will be back with trivia to wrap the show up. You see this? It holds a promise for anyone who smokes. It's Oasis. And as its name implies, it promises you the most refreshing, the softest taste of all. Try Oasis. I think you'll like it. This cigarette... Chesterfield King gives all the advantages of extra length and much more. The great taste of 21 vintage tobaccos grown mild, aged mild, and blended mild. No wonder they satisfy so completely. Welcome to Toonsis Trivia. How are you guys doing? Good, Toonsis. How are you? Good, Drew. How are you? I'm doing great. Today, we are going to play Jeopardy. Same as last week. You guys are going to collaborate on your answers. We have three categories. Twilight Zone, Vikings no. Lions, and Identity. All right, let's start with Twilight Zone. In Nick of Time, what does the first card say that William Shatner gets from the Mystic Seer at the diner table? I can't remember. I, I don't know. I remember they ordered a bologna sandwich. Uh, try again, or something along those lines. It is quite possible. Um, Next question. What is the name of the very first episode? Is someone watching? Works for me, I don't know. Where is everybody? <laughs> you guys don't know as much about Twilight Zone as you thought you did, do you? I don't know, I don't know titles of any shows. All right, next question. In the episode The Invaders, tiny little robots from a flying saucer attack an old lady living by herself for no reason. What do you see printed on the saucer at the end of the episode? United States Air Force. What it is. I, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. 
All right, next one. In Living Doll, what is the name of the doll? And it's not Kitty Carryall. That's the that's from Brady Bunch. <laughs> yes. I think Kitty Carryall was Cindy's doll. It's Carrie a... something though. If we get Carrie, then we're good. Talking Tina. Talkie Tina. That talking Tina murderer. We're one in three. You guys three. got one out of three. Yeah. Or one out one of in four. three, Ted. We're one in three. I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> I don't have a problem with it. I don't see any problem with the way you guys are answering questions. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Vikings Lions. First one. Kirk Cousins and Jared Goof have <laughs> 1,121 yards and 1,100 yards passing. Which one of them has the 1,121? Cousins has more, just barely. I'll go with that. That is correct. Good job. Love it. All right. That's, number that's two. Number two. DeAndre Swift and Alexander Madison have 145 and 139 rushing. Who has mm. the 145? Well, Madison had like what 112 yeah, against Seattle, right? And yeah. he had 20. 20 32. I'm gonna say Swift has 145. Okay. Madison has more than the starting running back. That is pretty <laughs> impressive. All right, third question. Who has more receiving yards so far, Justin Jefferson or all three of the Lions wide receivers combined? The Lions wide receivers have, I think, 36 catches. I don't know their yard total, though, Ted. I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to say Justin Jefferson. Okay. All right, that was a trick question. God. Darn it. <laughs> all right. Last Vikings Lions. Who has more offensive TDs so far this season, the Lions or the Vikings? I think Detroit does, actually. Drew? Yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. I, the Vikings have one more. Oh, God. We're like the 2020 Vikings. It just keeps we getting are. worse. The Spielman's watching this right now, wants to give us a contract. What That's guaranteed, us, probably. Yeah, play defensive line. Put the guy from to serve man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to sweep this. If we sweep this, we win it. So I'm going to show you a picture, and you just tell me who it is. All right. Who am I? Um, Lem Barney? Lem Barney. <laughs> Lem Barney. I, I don't know. That is Dick Lane. Oh, Night Train Lane. All right, next. Who am I? That's JJ, isn't it? Golden Tate? I don't know. They have another. Nate Burleson. Oh, oh, Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> Who am I? That is uh, Chris Dolman. Yep, it sure is. Good job. Next. That's Randy Moss. That's Randy Moss. I knew you guys were going to get that. <laughs> You guys did pretty good. That's okay. We'll do better next time. Thank you for playing. We'll see you next week. Super Bowl, homeboy! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tunes, for putting that together. I know it wasn't easy. She always does a great job on She the does. Trivia, she does. Thank great you, Tunes, very much. Another great trivia. That'll about wrap it up for another episode of Vikings Report with Drew and Ted. Again, thanks so much for, uh, for tuning in and for watching and for subscribing. If you're not subscribed, if you like what you see, go ahead and, and subscribe to the channel here on YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Facebook, Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. You can follow us on Twitter at Report Ted, R-E-P-O-R-T-T-E-D, two T's. You can follow me on Twitter at Purple Buckeye. Drew is the smart one of the bunch. He's not on Twitter. Stay that way, amigo. Don't do it. It's not <laughs> worth it. It's, it's a terrible, awful place. It's like the wasteland Burgess Meredith found himself in. Except there's no books. It's just stupid takes. It's all. That's all it is. Anyways, thank you so much. You can't thank you enough for everything, Liz. And Tunes, thanks for the production. Drew, thanks for being a, a great co-host. You guys make this job easy. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Drew, take us home. Excellent, excellent episode. Thanks, Ted, for the great job. Play our fantasy football game. Pick one of our teams, whichever one thinks is going to win the week. If you win the week, then you win next week and next week and stack up wins. You win this at the end of the season. We still have our over-under. Well, people haven't forgot. It's it's not only happen at the end of the season. I want to remind people that we had, didn't just forget about that game. We got that game's already kind of in the books, so to speak. Look for us this Sunday after the Vikings kick Detroit's ass. Look for Vikings Rewind. Be kind. Rewind. Best post-game show in the business. Thank you so much for joining us last week. Thank you for watching this episode. Shout out to Twilight Zone. Shout out to Toonses. Enjoy your Viking game. And say good night, Ted. Good night, Ted. Shaka da 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 da